When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome everyone to the Liverpool.com podcast. I'm your host, David Comerford. And I'm joined by the Liverpool.com editor, Matt Addison. And in today's podcast, we're going to do a Europa League preview. Obviously, Liverpool kicking off their campaign in that competition against Lask on Thursday. They'll also face uh, Saint-Gilles from Belgium and Toulouse from France as well. And it's the first time that Liverpool are in that tournament since 2015-16. Since the 2017-18 season, they've actually been at a Champions League side, but obviously finishing fifth last year and dropped out and Matt we've known that this was going to be the case since May when Liverpool obviously were unsuccessful with that late top four charge but how does it feel now that we're sitting here mid-September the European competitions are about to start and the Champions League will begin tomorrow as we record this without Liverpool being part of it yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I've been trying not to think about it too much. Um, I think maybe when we start to watch the Champions League games and they all kick off, maybe there'll be a little bit of regret from a few Liverpool players. I know they were obviously all disappointed not to have gone into the uh, the Champions League last season. They've just got to deal the hand that they've been dealt or, or that they've dealt themselves, really, in terms of the poor performances last season. So, look, I'm... I'm sure when it kicks off on Thursday, I'll I'll be able to be a little bit more excited. But I think before that, I'll be a little bit ruining the fact that you know they they haven't managed to to do what Jurgen Klopp described basically as the minimum requirement. That the minimum for Liverpool really is that they have to get into the top four or potentially the top five, as it might be for this season to get back into the Champions League. So disappointing, I think, to, to not be in it. I'm trying not to think about it too much, but I think this is the uh, the week really where. You just have to put that to one side and, and do do what you can, really. It's an opportunity to go and, and win the trophy, as we're going to talk about in a little while. I think it's an opportunity for a few young players and a bit of rotation. It should give Liverpool a bit of an advantage in the Premier League as well. So I think there's there's definitely advantages to it. But as I say that, I'm sure there will be you know Champions League games. I think it's Bayern Munich against Manchester United, isn't it? I mean, that... That should be Liverpool, really. Liverpool are a better team than Manchester United. They're a better team than Newcastle as well. But unfortunately, last season, didn't manage to show that. Yeah, and I suppose if you're a fan of one of those two clubs, you say, well, last season, you know, we were a better team. We we earned our place. And even if Liverpool, on their best day, are too good for those sides, then it was about showing it consistently over the course of the season. And I think with the Europa League, sometimes in the group stage, it can be a little bit of a slog. Um, certainly looking at what teams are experienced. I think Liverpool are fortunate in a way that 
their group it doesn't necessarily have any big names in it, you would say, but it is at least a decent group in terms of they're not necessarily going on a long haul flight to, you know, somewhere deep into Eastern Europe where they wouldn't necessarily be getting back after a game until the early hours of, of the next day. You know, it should be all right in terms of travel time. It, it's as the Europa League group goes, it's, it's probably quite favourable to them. And I think some of the supporters obviously will probably enjoy the, the away trips that are involved in it. Um, I think when it gets to the, if Liverpool are there, when it gets to the last 16 in the quarterfinals, you actually get some pretty high quality matchups. We'll talk about some of the other teams in the competition later, but I think the tournament does certainly get increasingly exciting as it goes on. It doesn't have those instant um, marquee ties, like you mentioned, Bayern v Man United there, like you get in the Champions League. But if, if you stay patient, it does kind of come good in the end. But in terms of Liverpool's approach to this competition this year, Matt, and it's a conversation that happens every time there's a, a big a big six team in this tournament trying to juggle their ambitions with, with the other competitions that they're in. How seriously do you think Liverpool should be taking it this year? Well, I think you've got to take it seriously. I think it's, as I said, an opportunity to go and win a trophy, but I don't think that that means playing loads of, of your good player or not obviously all the, the players are good, but not playing all of your best players in the group stage. I think you know Liverpool can take it seriously, but still make wholesale changes and comfortably get through. I think until you get maybe to, to the quarters or you know even then, depending on who you play, you might think that you can make a couple of changes. You know, there's, there's teams who, who got to, to the quarters and to the semi last season that Liverpool should be able to beat quite comfortably. They're probably mid-table teams at best. Um, in, in terms of the Premier League. So I think there's an opportunity for Liverpool to take it seriously eventually. Uh, when I say don't take it seriously in the group stage, I don't mean go out. I mean, make changes and, and still manage to, to get yourself through. So, you know, as we're going to touch upon, there's there's loads of, of opportunities for Liverpool to make changes. And, you know, starting this week against Lask, but also against other teams as well, I think there's, there's opportunities really for Liverpool to just do things a little bit different. They, they don't have to take it 100% seriously in order to be able to win. That's not to say that they shouldn't, you know, want to win the competition, but I just think there's there's an opportunity really to to breeze through the group stage. Maybe in a few weeks I'll look silly and Liverpool have, have made a bit of a mess of it and have, you know, struggled to get themselves through, but look they've they've made light work of difficult Champions League groups in recent seasons. There was one where you know, Liverpool were in a group of death and then win six out of six. There's there's loads of, of reasons to think that Liverpool can get through this fairly comfortably. So, yeah, lots of changes is what I would be going for. I suspect Jurgen Klopp might go a little bit stronger to start with and then maybe make the changes for the last three or four matches of the group. But either way, they, they, should, they should be getting through this fairly, fairly comfortably. Yeah, exactly. You want want to see Liverpool really by the sort of fourth game or something like that be at least short of progression. And then obviously it's important to finish uh, first in the uh, Europa League group as well. You know, obviously in the, in the Champions League, you want that top spot to your seed for the knockout stages, but there's an extra incentive here because if you finish second, you're not actually assured of a place in the last 16 in the Europa League. You have to play a playoff match against a team who came third in their Champions League group which is just an extra fixture and an extra obstacle to navigate. So I think that is hopefully something that gives us a bit of an impetus not to rest on their laurels too much, because if they try and coast through the group stages and, you know, drop points in silly places, then it could mean, a, you know, an unnecessary headache come February. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the personnel who might view this competition as an opportunity then. I mean, who would you pick out, Matt, as your main players to watch in the group stages? And I'm not just talking about, you know, young players here coming up from the academy, maybe, but also players who are on the fringes of the first 11 and, and might get a chance when Klopp rotates things a bit. I think there's loads, to be honest. I think Liverpool have got a, a strong enough squad to be able to make wholesale changes and still put out a, a strong team. I think for someone like Wataru Endu, I think he's probably one that you've got to look at, given the fact that McAllister was chosen to play ahead of him, even after the international break. And we know that that didn't particularly go well, but again, it wasn't Endo that came on to replace him. It was Luis Diaz. They changed the formation. So I think he's one where you'd say that he's got to, to get minutes in these games because I'm not too sure exactly how many Premier League games or you know as we get into the later part of, of this competition and maybe Liverpool go a bit stronger, maybe the, uh, the number of minutes for him will start to reduce and maybe we see him become the James Milner replacement that we kind of thought that he was going to be when he arrived. I think there's you know, loads of, of midfield options, but he's definitely one that, that needs to get minutes here to make sure that it's not a McAllister or, or somebody else that has to play in that number six role. I think Ryan Gravenberg is an obvious one. I think this could be a competition where maybe you start to, to bed him in and, and give him opportunities here. I'd probably say give him, you know, start him in, in every one of, of the six group matches. I don't see any reason not to do that. I think Liverpool have got, you know, players ahead of him for the Premier League games, but maybe by the end of, of the group stage, you can start to, to see him a little bit more in, in the, the league competition as well. So he's definitely one to watch and, and probably one or two younger players who maybe are in the position where they should be. You know, Harvey Elliott has not started, but has come off the bench and has looked really, really good. Um, Stefan Bajcetic is another one that we've not seen loads of, but I think he's one that you know, this could be a competition where you ease him back in, you give him a few minutes, maybe not even from the start at the beginning, but certainly you know, towards the back end of the group, this could be an opportunity to, to give him minutes rather than throwing him into Premier League games you'd like to, to think at least that this should be you know fairly fairly straightforward for Liverpool particularly at Anfield you'd you'd imagine that he could get those games probably he's got his eye on on Leicester in the Carabao Cup as well and and maybe even someone like Thiago um not sure that he'll be back necessarily for this week we'll obviously find that out from from Jurgen Klopp I know he was only just back running and, and not in team training last week but you know he's on the way back um obviously you've got to be very very careful with the way that you use him he is very much a luxury player and you know maybe the Europa League are, are not the fixtures where ideally you would be playing him but again he's one that you could just throw in he gives you another option another quality player to put into the middle of the pitch and you know maybe maybe this is again similar to Bajetic one where you can just give him a few minutes to ease him back in and, and use him sparingly. But I think there's there's loads of players all across the pitch. Costa Simicas has, has got to get these games. I think there's a strong argument that you give Quivin Kelleher these games over Allison, uh, Ben Doak, obviously, Bobby Clark, potentially. I think there's loads. Even Darwin Nunes, I would say, depending on you know whether you think he's maybe suited to um to potentially play in the, the games that follow uh, the weekends. I think there's definitely an argument after the uh, the Wolves game that for lots of, of the away matches in particular that Liverpool play, maybe you go with Nunes to try and you know disrupt and, and run in behind a little bit more. Maybe Liverpool were lacking a bit in terms of that with, with Cody Gakpo playing in the number nine um, against Wolves. But I think there's there's loads of, of opportunities. You know, all of, of the players that I've mentioned there, you'd be quite comfortable with them coming in. There wouldn't be any you know concerns about their ability or, or their quality. So, yeah, 
opportunities, I think, to, to change things up all over the pitch, probably with the exception at the moment of at right back with Trent being injured. But again, that's not going to be the case for the entirety of the group stage. I think Joe Gomez is probably going to be you want for, for the majority of, of those games when he comes back. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I think you've pretty much uh, covered all the bases there. I mean, Thiago is a particularly interesting one, I think, and he probably epitomises the the strange value of, of playing in the Europa League at times because if Liverpool were in the, the Champions League and, and say they were in a, a tricky group that where they really couldn't afford to drop many points to go through, then it's hard to see where you kind of use the opportunity to ease a player back in from injury. But maybe in the Europa League where with all due respect to the opponents, they aren't, you know, as of higher level, then then maybe that's where Thiago can kind of come back into the side and, and ramp up a little bit and get ready to play in the Premier League. So it's it's definitely a benefit to him. It's a benefit to a lot of players. It's almost, you know, a blessing for Klopp in the sense of part of the task for an elite manager is is to keep all these, you know, players happy. And Liverpool maybe don't have the biggest squad compared to some other top side, but they do have what looks like a pretty set in stone starting eleven in some areas. And that's where the Europa League is valuable to give the players who aren't in that particular bracket the opportunity to impress, the opportunity to play football. I think I'm not sure if you mentioned um Gerald Kwanzaa there, Matt, but I think he, he's another one, you know, obviously played well against um Wolves at the weekend. I think I I would say on his first Premier League start. He's done well when he's come on as a substitute. You don't want to maybe ask too much of a young player in terms of playing maybe every single game, but I think he's probably done enough in those limited glimpses that we've seen of him to, to be playing. Um, and we'll come on in a second to the players who maybe shouldn't be involved. But I think Bicetic is an interesting one to touch on as well. I mean, I, I would agree with you, Matt, in the sense that Endo should be the first choice if Liverpool are going to play a defensive midfielder in this competition, in these group stages. But also you have to start to think, well, hang on, if McAllister is the first choice, number six in the Premier League and Endo is in the Europa League, where does Bicetic's football come in really and obviously you know there's that cup tie next week but maybe there'll be rotation between those two players in this tournament and I think Nunez as well I mean we've done a podcast I think it was during the summer talking about what Liverpool's attacking pecking order might look like and I personally still think that Nunez is probably below um, Gakpo and Diaz in terms of that attack I think it would still be those two alongside Salah for me that will play the most minutes this year fitness depending so I would say that we probably would see Nunez and Jota most of all in attack in this competition. Um, so obviously, like you say as well, it will depend on w- what the weekend fixture is looking like. But it's going to be, I think the front line is a particularly interesting case because you've got five players or, or maybe four behind Salah who are on a pretty even keel. And then it's a matter of which two of them are going to play maybe alongside someone like Ben Doak. We'll see how Klopp decides to approach it. But yeah, like I was saying, let, let's think about some of the players who shouldn't be involved then and, and where Liverpool can take the opportunity to rest them. I mean, who are the main figures that you're looking at, Matt, and saying, right, do you know what? When we go to Lask on Thursday, they shouldn't even be on the plane. Or when there's a game at, at Anfield, they should just be sitting behind the bench and just putting their feet up and during an evening off. Well, I think there's a few, but I'd be surprised if Jurgen Klopp and, and these players agreed with me, to be honest. I think the Alison Kelleher thing will be interesting. I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will be asked about that on Wednesday night when he does his press conference. So that kind of will take care of itself in terms of would I play him? No, but I think there is an argument that maybe you need rhythm. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp might say that 
taking him in and out is is not the best thing necessarily for Allison. I'm sure they'll make that decision between them themselves. I think that the fullbacks ideally would would not play. You know, Trent and, and Robertson are going to play a lot of football. Obviously, on the left, you've got Simakas on the right at the moment. You know, there's not loads of, of options. And, and similarly, at centre-back as well, I think in an ideal world, you know, Virgil van Dijk and Ibrahim Konate would be your two for the Premier League and you play Matip and Gomez or you know, maybe Gomez right back and, and Kwanzaa and, and Matip in the Europa League. But is that going to be possible for, for Liverpool? Not necessarily. There's probably an argument as well that, Obviously, Canate has not played loads of football in, in the Premier League this season. Maybe he needs, you know, Thursday to get back into to that rhythm ahead of, you know, a couple of, of tricky looking fixtures in the Premier League as well for Liverpool. So defensively, it, it's sort of dependent really on whether there are backup options or not available at the current time. If there are, definitely rotate. Further forward, um, probably Dominic Sabosley is, is the obvious one in terms of, you know, not playing him. Alexis McAllister as well that I mentioned before. I think those two definitely you wouldn't want to see in the in the Europa League. Probably Curtis Jones as well is, is in that bracket, given the way that he started. I think he's probably one that needs a little bit more protection than what we've seen. He had to play a lot of football at the back end of, of last season. I think he's one that you'd like to protect as, as much as possible. And in terms of the attack, Mohamed Salah is the obvious one, but will Mohamed Salah be happy not to be able to boost his European goal tally? Perhaps not. Um, if it was me and I didn't have to have that conversation with him, I don't think I'd be playing him in a single minute of, of any Europa League match, to be honest. But I suspect that he might start on Thursday. He might get maybe an hour in probably the majority of the group matches and, and maybe Ben Doak gets a, a half hour to replace him. Um, just because I think he'll want to be there. I think he'll want to to boost his goals. Tally will be looking at the teams and thinking it, it'd be quite easy for him really to um, you know to, to score a few goals and, and fire Liverpool to to the knockout phase and, and make sure they come top. So I think those are, are the obvious ones to, to go through. Obviously, alongside Sally, you've got other you know top class attackers that you'd like to rotate a little bit, but that basically is going to come down to who do you want to play at the weekend. It'll be probably a case of, you know, if it's Nunes and, and Diaz who play in the Europa League and kind of work out that it's going to be the other two that, that play in the Premier League and it'll be fairly easy to work out that pattern. But I think for me that the big ones that really don't need to be risked are probably Van Dijk, McAllister, Saboslai and, and Salah. See, I would maybe say that McAllister should play a, a decent amount of football in this tournament. Just on the basis that I think certainly relative to to Sobis, like he he does need to play himself into form a little bit. You know, I don't think he's necessarily been, you know, off it by, by any means. I just think we we're not necessarily seeing the best version of him just yet. And I think he looks more like, you know, you get certain players who come in like Sobasai and instantly make an impact, instantly look hundred percent comfortable. And then others com- completely naturally like McAllister, I think need maybe a little bit more time to ramp up and kind of adjust to playing with, with their new teammates. So I would potentially look at him for, for one or two games. Definitely not um, a significant amount. I mean, to touch on a couple of other players, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold poses a an interesting question because the Gomez experiment, if that's what you want to call it, of having him kind of shift into midfield at times against Wolves at the weekend didn't work. So does that mean if Liverpool aren't playing Trent, they're going to have to do more what they did in the second half and play that 4-2-3-1 shape in the Europa League? Or are they going to try and persist with this Gomez idea, I think? It's a shame that um, Connor Bradley 
is out injured, I think, until November, I think was the initial prognosis on that one. So we'll miss most, if not all, of the group stages, unfortunately, because he's someone who might have been more comfortable doing that inverted role and obviously a good chance to give a young player minutes as well. Canate, I think there's a case for obviously using him on Thursday, like, like you say, Mattress, in terms of he might need the minutes rather than just being plunged in against West Ham. And then I think it's Tottenham and Brighton after that, isn't it? Um, in a in a tricky sequence. So maybe for Thursday, but after that, I think given his injury history, he shouldn't really be taking risks, if anything. It's good that even though they have limited depth at centre-back, they should be able to keep those players to one game a week for the most part. Um, and then there's Mohamed Salah. And I think we should just kind of quickly pick up on, on him before we move on. I mean, I thought it was interesting, Matt, that, that you raised the point about him wanting to play in all likelihood. You know, we know that he's got the, this kind of benchmark he wants to set uh, for Liverpool in terms of that European goals record. Do you think he's a bit of a unique case because, you know, touch wood, his fitness record has been so good up to this point that you don't necessarily, compared to someone like Canate, have to worry about overexerting him? Or is it the kind of thing where, you know, anything can happen in a football match? You can get, you know, freak injuries from time to time. It's just too big a risk for Klopp to for Klopp to kind of countenance and that you might have to say, look, I know you really do want to play but you're so important to our ambitions this season that we simply have to wrap you in cotton wool for these games. I think it, for me, it's less about the injury stuff. Obviously, there's other players that you would be worried about, Connor Tavey being the obvious one, one or two others as well. With Salah, it's it, it's not really the injuries. I think it's more just managing his minutes. I, I know he looks like he could play forever, but the, 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 there's got to be a conversation around sort of prolonging his career at some point. Whether that's at Liverpool or elsewhere remains to be seen. I'd still like to see him get another contract, stay at Liverpool for another few years. I know, obviously, Harvey Elliott has been speaking about that recently. There's, you know, a, a desire really from a lot of, of Liverpool players to keep him because he is so vital. But I think, you know, a, a part of of that, whether he likes it or not, is going to have to be a changing in his role. It's not the case that he can play every single minute of every single game forever because at some point he is now into his 30s. He is going to have to sort of manage almost a, a decline in, in terms of his, his physique and, and that sort of thing. It's it's more a case for me of, you know, Liverpool have got an opportunity. If this was the Champions League, he'd play every minute that you needed him to. But it isn't. You've got an opportunity to, to not overexert him. If you've got to look at a player's career, particularly in into his 30s, and say he's got a certain number of minutes in his legs, it just feels like a bit of a waste to me for him to be playing those 90 minutes against, you know, Lask or the other teams in Liverpool's group compared to, you know, maybe saving those for when it's more important. By all means, play him if Liverpool get to the quarters or the semis of, of this competition. But I just think right now there's an opportunity really to just save something within his legs. He might not like it. His argument might be that, you know, it's a 90 minutes in Austria against a team that is not even, you know, the best team in Austria. That's not going to take loads out of his legs, but it's going to take something out of his legs. And I just think you've got to be sensible with the age that he is. He's not going to be at this level forever. You might as well just not take that risk and, and not put those minutes into the tank. It, it just feels like an easy win for me where you don't need to do it. So why why bother taking that risk? Why take that chance? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting point in terms of prolonging his longevity. Um, let's take a sort of more general look at the competition then. I mean, 
obviously we know that starting this week, really, Liverpool are going to be into a bit of a Thursday, Sunday schedule, which they haven't necessarily been used to. Oftentimes playing in that two o'clock slot on a Sunday, as as they will be against West Ham. There's a lot of talk, um, kind of in the media every single year with with these, you know, the teams that are in the Europa League that the Thursday Sunday thing is a little bit of a hindrance and that it can be hard to develop a rhythm. I think in the group stages, you know, we talk about there being a lot of changes. Liverpool should be fine. Do you have any concerns, you know, when it gets to say Liverpool, I mean, it's still very early, but say Liverpool are in a title race um, next year, they they manage to maybe do some business in January. That means that they can compete with Manchester City. Would the Europa League be a blessing or, or a curse in that regard? Because I suppose you, you could say that it wouldn't necessarily carry the same pressure as Champions League football. And if anything, that means you could devote more energy and more attention uh, to the Premier League. I don't think in terms of, of the minutes it will be a massive hindrance because obviously Liverpool have got to the back end of, of the Champions League. They've got to Champions League finals in the same season that they've you know, got obviously won the league or, or got close to, to winning the league. So I don't think that's going to be a massive issue for, for Liverpool. I think that the Thursday-Sunday thing comes into it in terms of there'll be quite a lot of games where Manchester City would play on the Saturday, for example, and then Liverpool would have to play second. I think that maybe comes into it. I think that came into it a little bit for Arsenal last season and, and maybe it was a bit of a hindrance until they went out. Obviously, they didn't manage to, to get over the line anyway in the end, but I don't think it, it should be a massive issue because Liverpool have a big enough squad. I think if they can get a centre-back in January, you can then make the argument that you can almost have a Europa League team and a Premier League team. And I think it might be quite drastic and it might be um, a little bit of a a risk potentially but if it came to it I think there's an argument that you can kind of keep you know a, a Salah or you know a Van Dijk or, or someone on the bench even for you know a quarter final or a semi-final in Europe depending on who the uh, the opponent ends up being if you've got I can't quite think what the fixtures would be in in that part of, of the season but let's say you've got you know a semi-final and then you've got a big game against you know Tottenham at the weekend to go and win the Premier League I think you've almost just got to, to take it as, as two separate competitions and, and make that decision when it comes to it. But it, it shouldn't be a massive hindrance that the quality of the opponents should be less. Liverpool have proven, you know, a couple of seasons ago, they went on on all four fronts and, and, and had a big enough squad. I think that squad now is significantly better than what it was then. This is the best Liverpool squad, the, the most rounded, the, the most reliable in terms of, of injuries, particularly in midfield. You look at the players that they've brought in, they've got enough um, stability and sort of robustness to be able to cope with both of, of these things. I think it shouldn't be, uh, it definitely shouldn't be an excuse if Liverpool get to that point. It, it won't be something that can get in the way of them doing well this season. It's just one of those things that they're gonna gonna have to deal with, and you know, as and when that arrives, and, and when that becomes a consideration, I think then you can sort of have a bit of a conversation around what the priority might be. Yeah, and obviously they they have to get to that stage first off, and when you, when you look at the the odds for the tournament, Liverpool are the favourites. Interestingly enough, it's actually Brighton who I believe are playing in European competition for the first time ever, who are second, but that obviously speaks to how good they've been, obviously beating Manchester United at the weekend and making huge strides recently. You've got Brighton, you've got Roma, Villarreal, West Ham, Atalanta and Bayer Leverkusen are the teams who are rated as the biggest chance of winning, obviously all the English sides up there. We know that 
the likelihood is that there's going to be some strong third place teams from the Champions League coming into the competition as well. So it's not necessarily just those teams that Liverpool have to beat. But do you think when when you look at the the strength of the the field relative to Liverpool that anything less than winning this competition would have to be regarded as a failure for Liverpool this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on on who comes in from the Champions League. As you say, if there are a couple of surprise dropouts, I'm still looking at Newcastle and thinking they might struggle to get through to the knockouts in the Champions League. Maybe they come into it. They would be obviously a threat um, for, for Liverpool in the Europa League. But when you look at some of those teams, Brighton are obviously you know, a very, very good team, but you'd expect Liverpool could beat them across two legs in a European competition. That shouldn't be something that is looked at as, as unrealistic. It's going to be interesting to see as well how they cope with it. It's something they've never had to do two games a week, whether their squad is good enough to do that. I mean, maybe it gets to a point where it's almost the reverse of what we were talking about with a Liverpool title charge potentially in the second half of the season. Maybe Brighton just go all out for the Europa League and, and put the Premier League to one side and, and do it the other way around potentially. Um, but you know, either way, Liverpool should be able to, to beat them if it came to it. And look at some of the other teams as well. I mean, Roma are up there, Villarreal, both teams that Liverpool have played in in Champions League semi-finals, wasn't it, for, for both of those teams. And you know, Liverpool fans were celebrating the fact that they had Villarreal in the semi-final. That was an absolute gift in the Champions League semi-final. If you get them in, in the Europa League, you'd be you'd be pretty happy with that. Atalanta, they've beaten fairly comfortably. By Leverkusen, obviously, you know, a good team and, and are doing really well in, in Germany. But again, you know, they'll be far more scared of, of Liverpool than, than Liverpool are of them. So would it be a failure to not win it? I think there's always an element of fortune or an element of, you know, something mad can happen at, at any point. Maybe Liverpool get a red card or you know, a referee decision goes against you or whatever it might be. But I think going into it, Liverpool have to be overwhelming favourites. And Step by step, you know, just get through the group, win the group first, make a few changes, see what happens in the second half of the season. But it's definitely an opportunity for Liverpool to win a trophy. And, you know, it, 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 it's not the Champions League, but it's still a European trophy. And it's still, you know, an enjoyable experience that you can have in that second half of the season. Like you said at the start, that the group stage might be a little bit tedious at times, but there can be some big ties in the second half of this competition. And, you just got to make the most of, of what it is. So, yeah, definitely a chance. Would it be a failure not to win it? Maybe it wouldn't quite go that far, but it, it wouldn't be far off that, I don't think. Yeah, I think that's a, a very interesting discussion, really. And, you know, you mentioned Liverpool being overwhelming favourites. I mean, the one thing I would say is, whilst I completely agree, there have probably been fans of the likes of Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham, who've looked at the, the tournament in recent years and started, oh, we, we should definitely be winning this. But, I mean... Since Chelsea won it, the last English team to win it in the 2018-19 season, we've seen Man United uh, reach the semi-final uh, once. They've also got to the final, obviously lost to Villarreal. Arsenal have been to semi-finals, West Ham have been to semi-finals. But, but equally, you've had so many kind of upsets too. I mean, Arsenal went out to Olympiacos, Spurs to Dinamo Zagreb. United obviously lost to Sevilla last season. Arsenal, even though they were challenging with the Premier League title, knocked out by Sporting. Do you think when you look at those games, they, they point to a certain complacency on behalf of those sides? They think, oh, we're almost too good to be in this competition. And you've got other teams who are absolutely desperate to make the most of it. And, it, and it's a huge deal for them. And, and that kind of dynamic sometimes leads to the kind of upsets that we've been seeing. Because the golfing quality between some of those sides it, is huge, but that doesn't stop them 
you know, pulling off the, the huge shocks. Yeah, I think complacency definitely comes into it. But I would also say that Liverpool have a far stronger squad than all of these teams. Even Arsenal last season, it was very much a case of, you know, in the Premier League, they were strong, but didn't necessarily have any faith in them going all the way in the other competitions because they were focused so much. Their energy was all on on trying to catch Manchester City. And, you know, even for, for Manchester United, you know, they made lots of changes last season and got caught out. I think there was a, a Harry Maguire error, wasn't there, in that severe game that, that cost them dearly. The, the players that Liverpool are going to be bringing in are, are better than the players that Arsenal, Tottenham, Manchester United, you know Leicester when they went out of, of this competition. There's 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 another level of player that Liverpool can draw upon. If it came to it, you could always have you know a Salah on the bench or you know a Diaz or whoever it might be. You know, we, we've seen already this season Liverpool have, have come from behind and got themselves out of tricky spots. Liverpool are also a team with a lot more European pedigree. You know, I think that the fans will get on board a lot more with a Europa League in a quarterfinal or whatever it might be, even if it's not necessarily, you know, a, a Real Madrid, which it's not going to be. It, it can still be, you know, a big occasion. It can still be something that Liverpool fans make the most of. So I think complacency has maybe come into it for one or two of these teams. Also, just the fact that it's it's not been the, the priority. You know, Arsenal last season, almost going out at, at the stage that they did was, was almost seen as a blessing, really. They saw the positives of, well, at least we don't have to play European football. We can just go all out for the Premier League. It didn't obviously happen for them in the end anyway, but I just think with Liverpool, it's it's a slightly different situation. You'd fancy them to be able to make seven or eight changes and still look stronger than maybe one or two of these other teams. So I think that's that's a big thing really for, for me. I, I want to see them make changes. I want to see them take it seriously at the same time. But until the quarters or, or the semis, I, I just think Liverpool should be able to, to breeze through enough, even with a little bit of complacency. There might be one or two scary moments, but they've got enough quality in reserve to be able to change that around that it shouldn't be a massive issue. And equally, like we said, you know, at some point in this podcast, it's it's not a massively pressurised situation. If Liverpool went out in the Europa League quarterfinal, I think we can get over that a lot easier than if it was a Champions League quarterfinal. Yeah, and uh, obviously for, for Klopp, it's a case of unfinished business too because lost that that final in his first season and we talk about how kind of he's won every trophy well I suppose you could say well hang on he's not won every competition that he's actually competed in and this would be and um, the missing piece in that regard and it's funny that you mentioned them as obviously Liverpool have had this this habit to draw Real Madrid imagine if this was the, the first year where Real Madrid went out in the uh, Champions League group stage and still they managed to to face Liverpool in the Europa League but anyway we will see what happens we'll see what unfolds in terms of which teams Liverpool come up against in the knockout stages should they get there and obviously they will have to strike that balance between rotation and taking it seriously enough but we'll leave it there for this podcast uh, make sure you join us next week for our next episode and also if you check out liverpool.com on Thursday we'll obviously have comprehensive coverage of that first game against Lask as Liverpool look to get off to a strong start but yeah until the next one take care You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.